0: My husband, Matt, and I were recently planning a trip, but every time we started to talk about it, we could not make much progress on actually planning the trip. And so finally, after diving deeper and having a lot of discussions, we realized that neither of us really wanted to go on the trip. We had felt outside pressure that traveling should be fun and we should make it a priority to travel as a family. But we decided that for us, We would rather spend our time and money in different ways. We would rather stay home and have our kids sleep in their own beds and do fun things more frequently where we live. Once we got intentional about what we wanted, we've all been so much happier just letting go of this idea that we're supposed to travel. Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful With Media Podcast. So today I want to talk about how to live your life with more intention to question the way you do things and question beliefs that you might have. It's so easy to go through life just letting it happen to us, doing things the way we've always done them, believing things have to be done a certain way, or letting screens in society influence how we live our lives. But I've realized that I have much more control over my life than I ever thought. You might have heard the story of the pot roast. A young mom and her son were making dinner, and the son asked his mom why she cut the ends off of the pot roast. The mom answered that she didn't know why, but that's what her mom had always done. The young mom was curious, so she called her mom and asked, Mom, when we make the pot roast, why do we cut off and discard the ends before we set it in the pan and season it? Her mom quickly replied, That's how your grandma always did it, and I learned the recipe from her. Now the young mom was really curious, so she called her elderly grandma and asked her the same question. Grandma, I often make the pot roast recipe that I learned from mom and she learned from you. Why do you cut the ends off the pot roast before you prepare it? The grandmother thought for a while, since it had been years since she made the roast herself, and then replied, I cut them off because the pan I had was too small for the roast. I had to cut the ends off to make it fit. This is a funny story that for generations, they did something they didn't have to. But how often do we do the same thing in our life? How often do we just do things without understanding why or having a real intention or purpose? How often do we do things just because that's what we've always done? Believe things because that's what society teaches us to believe. Do things because it's the default mode on our phones or on our screens. I want to share some examples of mindsets that I've had or ways of doing things that have been helpful for me to question. And many of these things, I eventually came to the conclusion that I still did believe that way, or it was still important for me to do things in that way, but it was still helpful for me to go through this process of questioning because then there was more intention and purpose behind my beliefs and actions. And I want to point out that it's very likely that you could come to the complete opposite conclusion in these examples that I share for you personally. So I'm just sharing these as examples, but I really do encourage you to go through the same process with things in your life. Okay, so this will probably make more sense as soon as I get into these examples. So the first one is this belief that I needed to be the primary caregiver for my kids. And you've probably heard my story of becoming a stay-at-home mom when my first son was born. And not sugarcoat it at all, I hated it. I was jealous that my husband got to go to work and do something mentally stimulating, that he got to do things without interruption, that he was able to interact with other people, with his coworkers. And basically my mental health just got to a really bad place. And I started meeting weekly with a therapist who specialized in maternal mental health. And every week when I went to therapy, I would pay a babysitter to watch my son. And for some reason in my mind, this was okay, but it was not okay for me to leave my son for an hour a week if I were to go work. And so, I started to question my belief that I had to be the one to always watch my son 24-7. And I asked these questions to myself, and these questions can be applied to anything, any belief you have or anything you do. So, I asked myself, why do I believe this? Why do I do this? How does this belief serve me? How does this belief serve my family? And is there a different way of doing things that could serve me and my family better? After diving deep into these questions, I realized that this belief stemmed from my strong religious background that teaches that mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. And I somehow misinterpreted that phrase to mean that I was never allowed to leave my son with a babysitter unless it was for a health appointment. And this belief was not serving me and it was not serving my family. It was leading to burnout and resentment. So we explored different ways of doing things and we decided that we would try finding a babysitter for a few hours a week. And it was life-changing for me. My son got the nurturing that he needed both from me and from our babysitter. And of course, from my husband when he was home from work in the evenings, but he got the nurturing that he needed because I got the break that I needed for just a few hours a week. And once I was able to let go of this false idea for me that I was the only and best one capable of nurturing my son, I was actually better able to nurture him, which is so ironic. And I wanna emphasize that you might have this belief and you could walk through these steps and ask yourself these questions and come to a completely different conclusion. But that's why this process is so powerful because then you are intentional about that belief and the way that you choose to build your life around it. So the second example that I wanna share is this habit that I had, this way of doing things, where I would wake up and look at my phone first thing in the morning. So I used to sleep with my phone on my nightstand. So naturally I'd look at my phone as soon as I woke up. And again, I questioned this action I asked myself, why do I do this? How does this action serve me? How does this action serve my family? Is there a different way of doing things that could serve me and my family better? After asking myself these questions, I realized that I was starting off my day with a lot of stress. Looking at all of the texts and emails that came in while I was sleeping So instead of having a peaceful morning, I was feeling overwhelmed and my mind was racing with all of these things that I needed to do and people I needed to respond to and just racing. And so this led to feeling more stressed and trying to multitask while I was getting my kids breakfast. So needless to say, this was not serving me or my family. I decided to try charging my phone in the kitchen instead. And this means that I don't look at my phone until a little bit later after I've had some time to connect with God and connect with myself and when I really need my phone instead of just looking at it out of habit. And I want to emphasize again, you may look at your phone first thing in the morning and you could walk through these steps and ask yourself these questions and come to a completely different conclusion. But again, it's so powerful because then when you look at your phone in the morning, you're doing it with intention and purpose the last example that I want to share today is I had a belief that I should not use screens with my kids. And my son is especially sensitive. And before he could communicate as well as he does now, he had a really hard time calming down after waking up from his naps. And I had several people suggest to me to use screens as a way to help him calm down or to give him a screen so that I could get a break. And I was hesitant, and I realized that I had a belief that screens were bad for kids. So again, I went through this process of asking myself, why do I believe this? How does this belief serve me? How does this belief serve my family? Is there a different way of doing things that could serve me and my family better? I found that I believed this, that screens were bad for kids, because of the in-depth research that I had done about the impact of screens on kids and the benefits of kids learning to process emotions in different ways and the benefits of kids having more free time to play, which screens can get in the way of those things. But also, as I asked myself these questions, I realized that my harsh no screens rule for my kids was not serving me or my family. It was causing unnecessary stress and having negative impacts in other ways. But I did decide that it was really important for me for my kids to have minimal screen time. So I implemented some things to make this possible, like hiring a babysitter to come a couple times a week so I didn't have to use screens as a babysitter, and. We got rid of our TV so that if we do want to use screens with our kids, it's an extra step or I can't use my phone because that means my son would be on it and planning different things when it would be easier to turn to a screen. But I also decided not to be so intense about screens and to allow for exceptions when we would use screens. And again, I hope I'm making this super clear that you may ask yourself these same questions about maybe this belief about screens and kids, you could go through these same questions and come to a completely different conclusion. And that's so powerful because then when you do use screens with your kids or when you choose not to, you're doing with intention and purpose. And also ways of doing things or beliefs that you've had, it can be helpful to come back throughout different seasons of your life and again, ask yourself these same questions of why you believe this, how is the belief serving you? How is it serving your family? And is there a different way of doing things that could serve you and your family better? Because it'll probably change depending on your season of life. So I definitely recommend revisiting beliefs or ways of doing things. And you can go through this process of asking yourself these questions with anything in your life, but here are some things that could be helpful to question. The need to respond to texts right away, Do you always need to be available to answer phone calls? Maybe you have a habit of pulling your phone out while you wait for an appointment. Maybe you scroll social media right before you fall asleep. Maybe you have a belief that the house needs to be clean before going to bed. Maybe you have a belief that you need to have a certain amount of money to feel secure. Maybe you have a belief that you need to make homemade meals. Maybe you have the default mode on your phone and allow all notifications at all times. Maybe the normal thing in your family and in your community is to send your kids to public school. Or maybe the opposite, maybe the normal thing is to homeschool. Whatever it is, you could do this with anything. It can be so powerful to go through these questions and really make sure you're doing things out of intention and purpose and not let life be the boss of you. If you take time to do this, I would love to hear what beliefs or ways of doing things that you have questioned. And please come DM me on Instagram. I really would love to hear from you. And to end our show today, my little son, B, he has a little message for you. Yeah. Hi. Thank you for listening. because <laughs> Maybe you. Catch you next week. I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values. We are the first generation learning to navigate this media-saturated society, and it is not easy. You don't have to be perfect, but as you are mindful, technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We are in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today and I'll see you next week.